Chapter 31 Serendipity's Plan It was time to try something drastic, something I wouldn't necessarily have attempted before. Didn't even know why. I had no reason to hate them, just a vague feeling that they didn't like me. Okay, it was more than a feeling. It was the way they looked at me, as if they wanted me to die, as if they were just looking for the opportunity to cut my hair with an axe, mail the pieces to different countries all around the world. I know why they hated me. I mean, I didn't know why at the time. Knowledge would come later. At the time, I only saw the way they looked at me. They wanted me gone. And now I was going to try to speak with them. The evil twins, Han and Romana. Those two children of Daramon who saw me as a threat to their way of life. What if Del Morgan took an interest in me? Maybe extended her patronage to us, the children of Earth? Like we really wanted her patronage. But that's beside the point. Del Morgan took an interest in us. Where'd that leave Daramon? Han and Romana would have submitted themselves to her service were nothing. So I was going to talk with them. Crazy, I know, foolhardy as one can get. When a snapdragon's snapping at you, last thing you do is stick your finger in its mouth. I told you it was time to try something desperate. Try to understand why they hated me. I didn't know about the whole fabric of Darmon society coming apart at the seams because of me. I exaggerate, I know, but they sure made it seem that way. First thing I had to do was find them. Sounds really easy, I know, but I've been dodging them for most of my stay in this place. They always seem to get underfoot anyway. Now I wanted them. I really wasn't at all sure what would happen when I went looking. Would it be like the door? Couldn't find the damn thing until I applied a little reverse psychology? Only one way to find out. I started looking and realized I'd never looked for them before. How to go about it? That was the first part. It wasn't the hardest, but it was the first. And after wandering aimlessly through a few rooms, I knew I had to change tactics. I wasn't worried. I wasn't even lost. I just didn't want to spend all day looking for them. So there was something I could try. I didn't know if it would work. See, over time, I developed a sense of where they were. Well, not really where they were. More of a sense of when they were drawing closer. So I could avoid them. Now, I had to make that sense of imminent arrival work to my advantage, turn it into an offensive weapon, passive to aggressive, and I had no idea how to go about it. So I sat in a room to think, and realized that that was the best idea I had all day. Pick a room, find something to do, wait for the sense of their approach, and jump at it! Surprise the crap out of them! So I snuggled up in a chair, found a book, magazine, whatever. So I got all comfy, flipped pages, and I think it was a study on 16th century basket weaving, but don't quote me on that. Next was an article on swords and plowshares, so I flipped more pages, trying to stay with it. King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table was a decan of court. Who writes this stuff? Okay, time to move on. Which is when I felt it. Half out of my chair, the words already discarded on the table. I was moving by automation, reflex to their appearance, which is what happens when you really get good at something you don't even know when you're doing it. 
I was avoiding the evil twins, but I didn't want to do that. I had to beat the engine with a stick, so to speak. Half stagger, half lunge to keep away from the exit. I really wasn't certain where they were. So I picked a direction, knowing they would find me. Opened a door, and there she was! Hannah! Doing whatever the hell it was that she did. Cleaning, tidying, whatever. She didn't even look at me. Which presented an interesting problem. I couldn't say anything. Fuck. Not a whisper, or any utterance of sound, because she hadn't given me permission. I couldn't talk. I couldn't speak. I couldn't reach out to her. Shit. The things that slip through the cracks in one's mind while contemplating other things. Of course I wouldn't be able to start the conversation. I had to get her to speak to me first. Which is even more complicated than it sounds. Well, what was I supposed to do? I couldn't say shit until she gave me permission. Wouldn't do any good to write something down. How could I convince her to read it? Oh, God! That's a thought to fuck the brain. Could I write something down with the intention of communicating with another person? Oh, that's going to keep me up nights. At least it was something I could try. Not the moment I would lose Hannah who was still ignoring me, by the way. She knew I was there. No doubt about that. She was deliberately not looking at me as she worked. Didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. Well, I didn't want to get in her face, grab her by the shoulder, shake her until her voice fell out. What good would that do? I was trying to communicate, working on developing some understanding, become friends. How do you do that by slapping the person around? No, I couldn't get in her way, force her to speak. This wasn't like Del Morgan. I didn't want Hannah to hit me. I wanted her to like me. So I stood there watching her. She said nothing, didn't even look at me. Many times I've had people look at me in silence. Never had I had someone not even look. Then something really bizarre happened. Her skin shifted, rippled like a curtain in the wind. Changed color, she put on weight, shoulders thickened, her neck disappeared. Now I remember I said that forms are fluid. You never knew what someone was going to look like, never looking the same way twice. Well, Hannah changed shape before my eyes. I almost threw up. I knew that she knew I was there. She had become a giant frog. A slimy, smelly, disgusting frog. Looking for all the world like one of those things that had touched me, bashed my skull with a rock, ripped me limb from limb, leaving a pile of half-digested bones for me to find it made me sick. And to think that she knew. I didn't have to guess, wonder, anything. She knew. She didn't say anything, look to me, anything. She knew. I didn't kill her. Feel the fires of hell welling up inside of me. The rage of flame, disgust, humiliation, and despair. But I didn't. I didn't toast the room, ruin the carpet, crap on the floor. Didn't even run. Wasn't going to give her the satisfaction. I watched her work, not knowing what to do. Watching this giant frog work the room, move on to the next. Not that there was much to what, make sure everything was clean? Straighten up, dust, whatever. 
So I pitched in. What the hell else was I supposed to do? I wanted her attention. I wanted her to recognize me, acknowledge me. And I don't mean by turning into a big smelly frog going slurp, slurp all over the place. I started working, cleaning side by side with this monstrosity. I would make her notice me, say something, speak. She did nothing, only continued with her work, accepted my help without comment. I wasn't even sure what we were doing. I just did it without thought or reason. Tidy, clean, wash, dust, something, nothing, anything. She didn't stay a frog. She changed as she worked. I won't bother with them all. At one point, she had six arms and eight breasts. No, that was the other way around. Eight arms and six breasts. I, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I was working, helping, hoping she would... Something. I don't know. Accept me. Identify me. Acknowledge me. Something. Anything. Like, stop. Look at me. Look at the room. No. I tried to laugh. I wanted to scream. The words gushing forth, smashing against the back of my teeth to speak with her. Finally, at last, she had given me permission. Only I couldn't speak. She had not given me permission. Only commanded me to quit work. Not enough. I wanted words. I wanted freedom to talk to her. I looked at her, dying, feeling I would explode, everything pushing at my insides, lungs fit to burst, nothing, no voice, no words. I wanted to grab her, shake her by the shoulders, make her recognize me. The look in her eye made me stop. There was anger there. Surprise. Confusion. I did nothing but look at her. My voice lost to me. You must leave. Now. Sounded like an idea to me. I wanted nothing more than to be free of this place. To have my heart back. My old bullshit job. At least we were agreed on something. And even if she wouldn't let me talk. You cannot be here. Go. Now. And then I knew. I knew like a shock of ice to the face, diving into the frozen ocean. I knew what had pissed her, and I almost pissed myself. I was somewhere I wasn't supposed to be. As we worked, she had ignored me, simply went about her duty, flown on automatic so she didn't have to think about the dumb shit following her around not thinking about where she was, what she was doing, where she was leading me, into the forbidden, into the unknown. I knew there were places I hadn't been. I knew there were parts of the house that I couldn't touch, that I couldn't see, hear, or touch. And Hannah had just let me into one. I could see it in her eyes. The knowledge that she had screwed up. Go! And I wanted to laugh. I couldn't answer her, and that was defiance. Even if I could, I would have held my tongue. I was somewhere I didn't belong. And Hannah was in big trouble. I wonder where we were. 
There were two basic parts of the apartment that Del Morgan probably wouldn't want me snooping around in. Hannah and Romana's rooms, Del Morgan's private study. And that is where she would keep my heart. This audio recording of The Fearful Pagidian, Pit the Tail on the Donkey, is copyright 2010 by Keith T. Jones. All rights reserved.